this evening on the line, I'm going to be joined by Howard Hughes, whom is a fantastic, amazing, very inspiring guy. He's a fire coach. He'll teach you how to firewalk. He is a leadership and executive coach, lifestyle business owner, and I'm delighted right now to be joined by him on the line. Good evening. How are you? Good I am fantastic. Thank you very much, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Uh, congratulations yourself on being the cover girl for uh, Ethan's magazine. <laughs> thank you so much. You look fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. First of all, though, for everybody listening in, I the first time I met Howard actually was at the Lovestock Festival. And what I was amazed by was all these people were gathered around and fascinated. You had these boards and people were trying to break the boards in half. And I could see this amazing empowerment that was happening. And both men and women were getting involved. And you could see how they went from that attitude of, oh, I can't to I can. And oh, my God, I just did this. And it struck me about the impact that you had on the people around. And, you know, I know the weather was was all over the place, but still you had this spirit of bringing everybody together. And you could see, like, a lot of people were just facing their fears, um, stepping outside of their comfort zone. And this is what exactly what this show is all about. And I suppose before we get into all of that and the work that you do, take us right back to the beginning. And what really were you doing before and what led you to this path of coaching? Um, well, I, I suppose anybody who studies psychology will tell you that... Um, they really get into it because they want to work on themselves. And it's usually, the field of psychology started just post-World War One, and it started kind of around post-traumatic uh, stress disorder. It, the field of psychology emerged as a, as a study of what was wrong with people. And there was no, no greater experiment or, or test field than the soldiers returning after World War One and, and the horrors they had seen. Um, and I was looking to, let's say, work on myself, fix myself um, from what had been going on in my life. And when I got into UCD, I started to study uh, psychology um, in first year. And it was revealing, but there was something inside me saying, this is great, but it's 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 not showing me. It's it's pointing to what's wrong, all right, but it's not entirely showing me uh, where to move forward. I you know, once I'm once I'm healed, or I've I've you know, pasted the cracks inside myself. Where do I go? And it wasn't then until the '90s when a guy called Dr. Martin Seligman started a field of psychology called Part um, Positive Psychology, that people recognised that they could understand themselves better, heal themselves better. But that wasn't the end of it. It didn't mean they sat the laurels. They they moved forward and they started to create this life, this deeper appreciation for life. And uh, it's exciting. And as you said, there's a baseline level of happiness that people experience. But once you get into, let's say, the field of, of psychology and, and coaching and stuff, what you do is you, you raise that baseline level of happiness so that you're not falling down as much when, when you reach those highs. And in fact, it comes to a point where each day there's something to be grateful for and you've, you've got this baseline happiness, but you've also got this, uh, this self-management where you don't allow yourself to, to run away with yourself, let's say. There's, there's this... Um, 
as the as the Bhagavad Gita from the from the Hindu um, or the Upanishads, sorry, uh, from the Hindu religion. They talk about the Atman, and he, like considering it's five to seven thousand years old, they describe how once you align your senses, your mind, and your body, that you enjoy life. We call him the uh, enjoyer, the Atman. They call it. Um, and that's really, I, I, I actually, <laughs> after I left college, I got into a, a graphic design and advertising, and I was in wow. for about 28 years. Yeah. So I worked with great um, advertising agencies and design agencies. Uh, so I suppose I always had that creative bent in me. Um, and it was about, a, let's see, 2008, um, I was kind of trying to ride two horses, and I, I just went, no, I, I can't do that. And in September of 2008, I handed in my notice and started the the coaching on a full-time basis. Wow. And you know what kind of strikes me about all of that as well is this there was this tenacity and this inner knowing as well that you were kind of, this transition was bound to happen. You could see that kind of, that building up. And I think the thing about it is, is you have to take that chance and take that risk on yourself and go, actually, I can make this transition. And I think it's truly, it's it's life, I feel like, prepares the people that become the coaches, it's almost like life prepares them to step into that. And I find it quite fascinating, your journey and all the different ebbs and flows in it that leads you to now. I suppose when you first took up the baton as being a coach, um, like what kind of expectations were you going in with and what were you hoping as well to? Because I, I feel like it's very... Um, the word is it, there is a receiving element of it because it's amazing when you can really help somebody and there's quite a lot of compassion in that but yeah what expectations had you going in and what surprised you as well about yourself going in um what's prior expectations um great question well look it's you know coaching is uh it's a business <laughs> uh and, and that's one thing that it, what a lot of coaches what happens with a lot of coaches is they love what they do and they love assisting people, um, but they undervalue themselves. Um, so that that was one thing for me. Number one, I suppose, undervaluing, kind of getting a price point uh, for, for the service that you do because um, there was a great book, uh, Lead Seller, Get Out of the Way, by a guy called Ron Carr, and he talks about um, perception of value. So let's say somebody's earning 100 grand a year and... Uh, they get in a coach, you know, for a grand, and they just see that it's it's a hundred grand minus one grand, and and they're down a grand, and that's their value perception. Whereas if they're earning a hundred, they get a, a coach in for a grand or so, but the company starts making ten grand extra a year, then the the, the perception, the value perception of what coaching does, uh, completely changes. And that is one thing that I had to step into and and be confident and go, well, look, here's what happens. It's, uh, no, don't charge a grand, by the way, um, on a one-to-one basis. But the thing is that I've, I, I do, I, I change lives. People have got their ideal jobs in, 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 niche, uh, in niche industries. And I've assisted people who are directors in, in pharmaceutical companies when they've had takeovers and just given a peace of mind or uh, directors in companies where staff are, are are playing up and 
they have to to handle this kind of situation. So it's that it's that uh, host beneficiary um, relationship that kind of comes upon you as a as a realization in in the business aspect. In the personal aspect, it's like who wouldn't want this? Who wouldn't want a better life? Who wouldn't want blah, blah, blah? but it's um, it's interesting. You go all enthusiasm. You're trying to assist everybody, but not everybody wants your assistance. And everyone, you know, uh, there are people, yeah, who do want to move forward and they see the benefit in what you do. Um, but it's it's just something you kind of uh, smile and keep to yourself for the most part and just use your advertising to uh, to do the talking for you. Does that make sense, Kirsten? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. Yeah. It strikes me, I think, with people as well, and they approach coaching, I think you have to approach it with vulnerability to realise, actually, you have to be willing to listen to what the coach has to say because they'll be able to take that broader perspective and look at your life and say, actually, this is what's actually blocking you there and this is what we need to work on here. And you have to be open to that. Um, but again, I find it, I think everybody in life at some point, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, will need a coach and does need a coach. We shouldn't have to push uh, ourselves ourselves all the time. I do think we need a coach. Well, yeah, I, look, I agree with you and, and probably not, <laughs> uh, probably not that you don't ask an insurance salesman, a salesman if you need insurance. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I agree with you because here's what it is. I mean, even coaches need coaches, right? And I, I have a coach myself. Um, and just an amazing, an amazing person. Wow. Um, and what it is, is you can get too much up in your own head, uh, mm-hmm. Kira. It's, it, you're, it's like the water in a pond. Unless there's fresh water introduced, it will just go stagnant. And that's really what coaching is about. It's about mixing up the water so that your thinking doesn't go stagnant. Because if you haven't, if you haven't achieved what you're looking to achieve yet, it's because you aren't the person who... Uh, is going to achieve that. I mean, we look at people, if you don't mind me, like using you as an example, right? People will uh, look at your singing career and your radio career and, um, and, you know, and they'll they'll see you, but they don't know what you've gone through or the hard work or the rejection or the, you know, the fall downs or the, the days you just, thought maybe this is not for me um (laughs) but you really had to dig deep into yourself and when that happens it's it's great to have somebody there and and coaching really Mm. is a structured journey to go look when things go here's here's some techniques when things go bad gratitude start a gratitude journal right five or you know five to six things a day and make them different every day go you know what I have a roof over my head I've got food in my bowl um, and you know I've got a dog that loves me or a cat that loves me or something right but there's always something to be grateful for and that's how it starts you pick yourself up you go right okay you know that was yesterday you know my wife left me the dog died and, and the car was stolen but that was yesterday right I get a chance to to start with a blank page and, and write from here on in because, in fact, there is no reality in the past and there is no reality in the future because we can't go forward and change things. We can't go, can't go back and change things. The only actual reality, the only place that we can make a change is right now. So our future starts today. And yeah. we, can, we can change the past by seeing how, as, I mean, as you very wisely said, 
it's like life gives you these things it gives you these challenges in order to become the person that you are and that's that really is a gift but it's recognizing that gift and, and uh, seeing where it takes you as you said you have to be open-minded but um coaching isn't about telling people it's about leading i, I love the word education is is the, the etymology is ex duco to lead out of oh right? i never knew that and yeah that's that's what it's about it's about it's not about telling people what to do or how to do it. I mean, you look at the Irish rugby team um, or the the females, the women's soccer team. They they yeah. knew how to play rugby and they knew how to play soccer. Mm. What happened when you got this coach in? Well, Ireland went to number one in the rankings and for the first time ever, the women's uh, soccer team went down to uh, to Australia and they qualified. Wow, so yeah. So that's what the coach is. The coach comes in and says, well, are you looking for better results? Okay, well, I'm here to assist you with better results. And this is where we can go in a structured way. And here's some techniques to, to start bringing into your daily life. And, and using them, you have, to, you have to live them. And that's the great thing about coaching is that, is, is that it's a living thing. It's not, like, um, it's not like doing maths for the leaving where, you know, you probably won't use Pythagoras' theorem unless you're doing engineering or something. Um, the, the, the things you, leave, you learn in coaching are applicable in your daily life and um, and you can you know it's, it's, it's life changing absolutely and but, I suppose yeah. when it comes to your style of coaching as well because um, I know every coach is different what do you feel um, and what would you describe your own coaching to be like for listeners who be listening in and are kind of getting inspired and they're like you know what I'd love to give Howard um, Howard a call and maybe <laughs> talk through things they're just Make sense of life. Um, so I suppose, yeah, describe your methodology, I suppose, of, of coaching. A methodology. Okay, well, I was taught in what's called coactive coaching. Uh, that's the, the method where I work with people. Um, the, the, the thing about a coach is, as I said, you work on yourself so that you don't have to, so that you can be a better listener. <laughs> You're not listening to respond as such. Um so when I work with people, it's it's four sessions. It's about an hour per session. I usually leave maybe an hour and a half for the first session um, just to really get into the nuts and bolts um, and to hear the word tracks and to listen to what people are actually looking for because sometimes what people are looking for is not actually what they're looking for. And I know that sounds a bit strange. That's a very, people, no, that's a very good, that's a very good analogy of that. that yeah, that's very true. Um you know they might uh, they might want to and people think you know the height of success is sipping cocktails mm-hmm. uh, in a yacht in the Caribbean but how long do you want to do that we're mm-hmm. not we're we're not made for that we're made to to, to maximize ourselves and you know um, Girl, what am I yeah. reading it's um, oh yeah Dostoevsky he's, his notes from the underground and he makes this observation that even if we had the perfect template for life, the one thing that, that man, and I use that as a, a, a general term, mankind, uh, the one thing that we have is choice. And the thing is that if, if life actually gets too perfect, we'll actually, <laughs> we'll actually self-destruct just to have something to do. Wow. You know, if, if, if we, okay. if, as he said, That's even fascinating. if we... Well, it, it is, and it's part of the human condition um, that we have to kind of work with or allow for. I mean, even 
look, there's no shortage of information on what we do there and how to in self-improvement. But there is a shortage of people who are um, living the life they want. A lot of people are, are in debt slavery and they don't like their jobs and um, they'd rather be doing something else or they're just going to work. They don't even notice their, their trip to work, the commute to work now because it's just it's part of their life and, and it's just humdrum and whatever. Um, but and, and, and slowly but surely people can kind of die <laughs> on the inside before they even get a chance to live. Um, and, and, and that's a shame, really, for me. So, sorry, to go back, to come full circle, what's my style of coaching? My style of coaching is listening. Um, I, I sit down with the person. With, well, number one, we have a chemistry meeting. We sit down and we, we talk to each other and see if they can work with me and I can work with them, see if we have, can hit it off. And if we do, then we move forward and we see what they're looking to achieve. As I said, if somebody is looking to live a life of, cocktails in the Caribbean, that mightn't be what it is. It might be mm -hmm. something that they're overworked, that they're, yeah. that they're so afraid of losing their job that they're putting in every hour that God sends them in order to make sure they don't get fired and they're just burnt out. Yeah. And the, the idea of escape, it's just, no, okay, so it's an escape is what you're looking for. You want to rest, you know, and God, you, you put in, in, in Roscommon Day, you have beautiful, um, well, number one, you have centre parks, but you also have them um, uh, Lucky, which is just beautiful, that that island, that uh, um, mm. that island just off of um, in Lucky, yeah, is fabulous. It's the Desmond Castle, or it used to be the Desmond Castle. Wow. Um, just to be out on the water um, is just uh, it's just amazing in itself. And I think people, <laughs> I certainly feel I was on the Shannon for for a week. Um, for the summer holidays the Shannon is so underrated I don't care what anyone says people need to get out in the Shannon it's stunning don't they yeah. don't they they really it's do just, it's magical it's magical and you know even that even making something like that happen for yourself to create the time for yourself mm. is as good as a trip abroad now it's, it's nice to get out of the country because it means that people can't contact you or, or emergency and say oh will you come in I know you're all is but will you please come in because I know you're only X down the road and you're like you know what oh where at least if yeah. you go to uh, to Turkey or Greece or Morocco or something you're like no sorry no. thank you very much but people yeah, it's funny you should say that I think so because mm -hmm. I think people associated with even like I think with holidays is oh I need to go abroad and sometimes I find that more stressful sometimes actually what you just want is to go to maybe sometimes a lo and Ireland is so beautiful just somewhere where you can just get away um, you're not worrying about airports and transports and, and you can just drive away and just mm -hmm. relax and I think again the fact of the Shannon and you can there's rentals and all but I suppose to go back a little bit to your point as well do you think though and I, I find this I find myself asking lots of people this lately like are people are, are like I suppose you'll come across this with your clientele but are we designed to stay in the same job for any time plus to 5, 10, 15, 20 years or do people hit burnout because maybe they just need some new challenge and or do you think is it we can maintain that job except our outside life needs to become different or outside of the job life or what what are you finding with your clients that's kind of pulling them we'll say down um i'll i'll, I'll address the first part first yeah <laughs> it, it's unnatural to have an office job right i'm just i'm, I'm going to say that straight out 
Um, the whole idea of the industrial revolution and getting people into confined spaces is is only about 200 years old. Before that, we were, you know, we were farmers, we were agrarians, we were traders. Mm. Um, we weren't localized. Um, and, you know, we lit now. I'm not saying life was ideal. Uh, but what I'm saying is that the fabric of society was better. I, you know, I certainly... Um, things, I mean, things have changed. My, my, uh, my parents came from Hollymount there in, in Mayo. Yeah. And I remember growing up that, you know, the key would be in the front door and, you know, people would come and there was no, there was no ill will and very little coveting and all that kind of stuff. Now, we know other stuff went on. I'm just, I'm not entirely romanticizing the whole idea. But there seemed to be a better, structure, a better fabric to life before we had to uh, commute uh, an hour, two hours, an hour and a half um, to a central place with people that we mightn't even get along with. Um, it's, you know, the, the fact that it's, we, we can do remote jobs now, is, I think, is a, is a big improvement, although we are social creatures. Yeah. So what's the, so what's the solution? The solution for me really is know why you have a job. Know why you are doing what you are doing. If it's just for the money, then yeah, absolutely, I would say create something outside of life for you. Um, invest for the future. Uh, put, a, put a little bit of money away and, and keep doing that. Know what you want out of life. Uh, as th there was a great uh, quote from... Uh, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by uh, Stephen R. Covey, where he said that people climb the corporate ladder only to find that it's leaning against the wrong wall. And, you know, people are afraid of wasted time, but if they don't plan, if they don't take mm. the time to plan and go, this is what I want out of life, this is what I'm looking for, um, they'll just, they'll just, use the formula that has been broken which is go to school get good grades get a degree get a job get a good high paying job blah, blah, blah. it yeah. hasn't worked for a lot of people yeah. it hasn't now yes I'd want my lawyers and my my, my doctors and stuff <laughs> to be well studied <laughs> and well read um, not using chat GBT to get through medical school Yes. Um, so, um, but but these people who do that, who go into it, are, are so suited for that. It's unbelievable. Um, I know a, a guy who's a neurosurgeon who was in school with me. Probably gave him an awful time, but he was so focused and he knew what he what he wanted to do even back then, and he got the points um, to do it. And uh, just he was that type of person. It was brilliant, you know. To yeah. see, um, so yeah. Look, know know what what you do, and what I would say is that the exercise there, right? Get uh, write down one to one to twelve things you would do if money wasn't a problem, and slowly but surely prioritize with your heart and start striking off in a in a hierarchical fashion in line with your values until you get to about two or three and look at those two or three and see which gets your heart racing 
And there's no age limit on this. There's no time limit on this. There's nothing. This is the beauty. The, the, the thing about humans is that we can be anything we want to be. Lions have to be lions. Giraffes have to be giraffes. But as a human, you can choose to be anything you want. And as Jim Rohn said, if you're not happy with the current situation, move. You're not a tree. Okay? And that's that that change. That sums it all up, doesn't it? (laughs) You're not a tree, move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, That that coaching kind of facilitates that that change as well. But again, we've got this money matrix, we've got this debt slavery care that goes on that um, that people are just engaged with. And uh, it's getting more difficult to buy even the basics now. They call it a cost of living crisis. Um, and people are worried and when you're mm-hmm. worried you don't make good decisions you absolutely do not make good decisions um, no good decision ever came from a fearful mind the, 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 the inoculation for that the, the counterpoint to that is gratitude it's absolutely gratitude, gratitude be grateful for what you have thank you, happy, more please and that's that's what it is oh, that's amazing I'm here pondering all about all that. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of listeners that could, could agree with me. I think uh, you've you've summed up so much there. I suppose when it comes to um, as well some of the experiences as well of your clients, or is there any kind of I suppose you can't mention names, but is there any kind of stories that you could tell us maybe about how yeah how it fair how things fared out for them, or is there one that kind of really sticks in your mind is quite poignant when you're kind of um, yeah one of your client stories or. Well, I, I, do you know what? One of the one of the very first people I worked with, and I worked on a pro bono basis. I I, I actually was um, was scrolling through Facebook, and I could tell from this person's language that they weren't happy. Now that may sound odd, but I just there was something there was something about them, and I yeah. I just reached out then and I said, "Are you, are you okay? Is you know whatever?" And we just got chatting. Um, and eventually they gave me their number and we started uh, I started coaching remotely it was over the phone um, we did it and this person had been in a relationship uh, where they were being treated rather poorly and also in work they were being treated rather poorly and this because they had uh, poor boundaries right? they didn't see their value and they accepted what people were doing to them. And uh, because of her particular background, it was, it was understandable why. Um, but once they started understanding and, and implementing the, uh, the techniques and the information, they, they started to grow. Um, they left that relationship. They left the job. And I still, I'm still friends with them now on um, on Facebook, and I see them, and they have become a photographer. They they follow their passion, and they take the most beautiful shots. She she works in a, in a niche um, area, and I just love her work. And we kind of tap in every now and again and say hi. But it was it was just it. it we use the image of the, the butterfly so much and I think that re- every time I look at her I think of a butterfly because it, it kind of went from, from life in grey to life in colour and for me that was um, 
that's still one of the the the, the nicest um, nicest transitions uh, I've been been with, and and the other one then is that I worked with a guy who um, paid off his mortgage two years early and saved himself wow. one hundred and forty thousand. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the yeah. side of it because I think people right. I think people forget about that that there's so much to coaching. Like when like it's it's a worthwhile investment because mm. you will save money, time, and you can't get back time. No. No, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. My God, that strikes me. I think is it must be a powerful thing to watch that to watch a journey, Howard. I'd say it is. Look, it is a it is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing to see somebody just in their body language and and even their you know their when they start to speak and the way their language changes. Yeah. And the realizations and the aha moments—it's um, uh, yeah, it's it's lovely. But um, you know, any any coach will tell you we work on ourselves first, so we don't feel any need to claim uh, any changes. What we do is we we facilitate. We you know we it's a be catalyst scenario. Um, and it's the, it's the people who do the work. We give them the tools. We give them the you know the the shovel or the shears, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and they, it's up to them to do the work. And then they, uh, they do the work, and so we just facilitate. But yeah, it's 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 very special to be a part of it and uh, to see people grow like that and know that if they they stick with it, it's it's just a massive. It's a massive thing. It reminds me of the story of, of what's called the one degree change. And it's about a ship, let's say, setting out from from Galway to New York. But if it, if it takes one degree up or down, it'll either end up in Canada <laughs> or in Cuba, right? And that's, that's the, the, the difference of, of one degree. The impact of change is massive. Even if it only looks small at the start, you know when you finished your uh, when you finished your coaching session, um, and I don't go beyond four, um, and 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 after that, I don't work with people um, for about another six months, four to six months afterwards, anyway, until I'm sure that they've found their own feet again. Um, but that is the, that is the impact of just even just one degree from either one or two or four sessions but that the, the change the trajectory that is that is impacted is completely changed forever in life you know and that's that's amazing to uh, that's amazing to see yeah absolutely yeah. and so take us take us over to the fire walking because this is something <laughs> I just can't get my mind over it and it was amazing because everyone was there with the bare feet walking over the embers um, but yeah, tell us how does that? Yeah, how did you incorporate that as part of the coaching? And like, how did that all become? Um, well, as I say, it's it's the action part of the coaching. You can tell people how, how wonderful they are, or you can show them. <laughs> and um, it really is. It's 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 a it's a it's a struggle between the lowercase self and the uppercase self. Mm. Um, and and I call that let's say ego self and divine self right whereas if you ask your ego 
what it thought of you, it would probably tell you you're a piece of crap. But if you were to inquire of your divine self uh, what it thinks of you, it would say the universe is not complete without you. And that's a massive shift. And what happens is that those, those coals were measured at 490 degrees uh, Celsius. Yeah. And when you think that a car engine melts at 200 degrees Celsius, um, it, is quite, it is quite an amazing achievement. But the transformation that people undergo is the transition of thinking from the small self to the, to the bigger self, to the divine self. And it, it's, it's the most amazing release, breakthrough. Um, and I, I, I spoke with another person recently, I was down in, um, I was down in Clonmel, and yeah. they had done the firewalk as well. And they were looking at me and I was looking at them, and they were, oh, do I know you? Yeah. Um, and I said, what did you think? And she said, I had the most amazing bliss for the week afterwards. And that's what it feels like. It's like suspended suspended animation um, it's, the, it's the most otherworldly feeling that people have afterwards um, and it's, it's the ego is going to solve its own problems right the ego is, the ego, the ego was created um, for us as a survival mechanism okay and in this day and age where it is strangely enough probably the most safest period in history the ego doesn't want to become redundant so the ego creates problems and it will continue to create problems in order to solve problems so the ego isn't going to get rid of itself so what you need is a, a very strong and powerful action you know whether it's parachute jumping or or fire walking or even as I said we were using 8mm rebars which are steel rebars that they use in setting cement and people were bounding them with the hollow of their neck um, through pure intention and wow. snapping arrows I mean when you put an arrow to your throat I can tell you you, you get a sense of mortality <laughs> <laughs> pretty quickly oh my right? god um, and so they were snapping arrows off uh, off the trees as well um so it's it's this amazing, it's a snap of the mind, and I can it's it's like it's like being on an airplane and going through the clouds and seeing the sunshine. You always knew the sunshine was there, but this is a is a vehicle to take you through the clouds to see the sunshine, and go right now I get it. Okay, now I understand, and from then on, people uh, they they just operate at a different level as I said their baseline happiness operates at just a little bit higher not to say that they don't feel down days or anything like that but they're easier to, to cope with and they don't feel as, as dark and murky uh, down days they go right you know what look I'm feeling down what do I do now oh here's my go to I do this I do my, my gratitude or I, or I help somebody else or I do a bit of charity work or I do something like that I do something outside of myself because I'm all up in my own head right now so maybe if I do something for somebody else, that would be a start. A random act of kindness, uh, buy a coffee uh, for somebody else, or, you know, just do something that is not all up in your head. So, so some altruistic thing. Um, and something that struck me recently, actually, they, they, they say that you should help somebody who is unable 
to help you back. And I think that's an easy thing to do. I think if you help somebody who can help you back, that is the epitome of not expecting anything back. I'm going to have to wrap my head around that. I'll get you to repeat that one again there for me. I'm trying to wrap my head around. That's interesting now. Okay, well, well, well think about this, right? Mm-hmm. If you help somebody who can't help you back, there's no expectation. Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That person can't help you back. But imagine saying somebody who wasn't stuck, but you did a random act of kindness anyway. Somebody who didn't need it. Mm. Imagine what the shift in perception there is. Because you go, why, 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 am I, why am I doing this for somebody who could do it for themselves? And suddenly there's a, am I, am I really doing this altruistically? It's just something to keep in mind. It's a little, it's a little shift I had recently. It's like, um, you know, it's, it's nice to buy a coffee and a sandwich for, um, for someone who is down and out or whatever are experiencing difficulty. But to turn around and buy a meal or a sandwich for someone just behind you in a queue yeah. who could easily afford to pay for it themselves, I think that's a harder thing to do. I think that actually you have to dig a little bit deeper and be a little bit more selfless <laughs> to help, not help, but to do a random act of kindness for somebody who can, in fact, do it for themselves. That, um, that's an excellent one now, but I'll be thinking about yeah. that now for the rest. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think many of us will be thinking about that one. Um, but uh, Howard, I suppose for people listening in as well, and you know they've gotten so far, and they're, they're you know they're, they're you know want to reach out or you know want mm. to hear about more of your work, or again indeed attend one of these incredible firewalk ceremonies. Tell us your social media details and how we can connect with you. Have you a website or? Um, I do, yes. It's www.howardhughesinternational.com and uh, everything's on there. Now, I have a, a couple of freebies on there. I have a three-day Mind Power Mojo and a seven-day boot camp, which are from the people who coach me and they're, they're an amazing couple and it has a... You can print out a, a workbook to go along with this stuff because it does take action and what I love about it is that you can feed back into it at any time. The great thing about online coaching is is that it's personal, number one, but you can feed into it any time. So, yeah, howardhughesinternational.com uh, is, the, is the website. I would direct people there. Um, I'm on social media, Life is for Living, HH, uh, LinkedIn, TikTok. I'm on... <laughs> Uh, Life is for Living on, on Twitter or X as it is now. I, I, I can't get, I, are you getting a hold of X as a, as a brand name rather than Twitter? Um, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like it's, there's a working schedule. I prefer to Twitter now. I have to say X just doesn't feel. <laughs> um, well, there's the thing. I, so I think Instagram is quite popular for people as well. Insta, yeah, yeah. Well, look, Insta's great. And um, do you know what? I've met a, a great person over there in Mayo, Kira, Kira O'Malley. Ah. I love that she was the one who she was one of the ones who did the, the walk with me and she yes. is um, I think I've got to get in contact with her again but we're planning to do a, a fire walk over in Mayo definitely um, sometime in the new year and but, but look all the details I get the, the most recent things the most recent videos information my social media links are all on howardhughesinternational.com and uh, I can coach in person or I can coach over Skype or over Zoom or over the phone or whatever 
I just worked with a lady in Sweden who was exiting from uh, from her job. She uh, she was just getting burnt out. She was kind of she was like, oh my God, how do I find myself here? This is not actually what I want to do. Um, and a very, very high achiever. She's a wonderful girl. Wow. But just went, I'm investing because I can't do this on my own. I tried to do it on my own before. It didn't happen. I found myself back in my job again. Scrum. So I'm not going to to hire somebody. And as you said, it is an investment because it delivers return. And that's, that's the definition of an investment. Yeah. So does that answer your question? That, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I accountability coach, that's what I, <laughs> I have it down to. I just think it's amazing. And for everybody listening in, be sure to go and follow Howard Hughes and do reach out and amazing. Keep, keep us up to date about the fire walking as well. Um, do let me know if there's any more upcoming as well. And thank you so much for coming on Inspired Lives. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to interview me, Akira. And the, all the best with your music career. You have a fantastic voice. Um, I am your goddess. I love the. I love your tunes. You're on Spotify, isn't that right as well? <laughs> yeah, thank you so uh, much, Howard. Have. And, uh, and if you're speaking to Eva, tell her I think her photography is wonderful. I love the, the visual arts as well. Thank you so um, much. She'll be delighted to hear that one. Yeah. <laughs> and magazine, everyone. But thank you so much, Howard. Yeah, Listen, yeah, enjoy yeah. the rest of your evening.